Today on Stronger Than Reason, we phone a friend to get to the bottom of Weezer's legendary Blue Album. Welcome to Stronger Than Reason. Okay, so if you recall, episode 50 was an intermission, a sort of meta episode where I sat back and reflected on how far this show has come in the past year. And I gave my best guess at where it might go in the future. I walked through some ideas of what I wanted to do and what I wanted to avoid. One of the things I wanted to avoid was having interviews. For one thing, the format strikes me as pretty stale, if only because nine out of 10 successful podcasts are just celebrities interviewing other celebrities, celebrating the fact that they're both celebrities. And I'm sick of celebrities. I'm sick of even saying that word. These podcasts are especially heinous when the interviewer is some failed stand-up comedian who's resuscitated their career by reminiscing with old has-beens about their glory days and getting to the bottom of thorny questions like, wasn't it great back in SNL in 1992? How did it feel to get nominated for Best Supporting Actor for your work in Ghostbusters 2? How did you ever recover from dating Winona in 1998? And the endless name-dropping of Billy and Marty and Lorne and whatever, and all these people can just get bent. I'm guessing their numbers are propped up by the same people who buy tabloids in the grocery store. But then, you know, I'd be surprised if those people could successfully navigate the technology required to listen to a podcast. Anyhow, I admit that maybe I'm biased against interview podcasts due to the sheer amount of crap out there, but I also admit that there are probably some good ones with people who aren't celebrities, who have interesting perspectives, who might teach me something useful. It's just harder to find these, and to be honest, I can be pretty lazy with my entertainment choices. So after episode 50, I started to think some more about what doing an interview might entail. And one good thing about it is that it would give me a chance to talk to someone who's an expert on other bands or albums that are in this show's wheelhouse, but that I'm less familiar with. So it would give me a way to phone a friend on these topics, and a few such topics jump readily to mind. However, a bad thing is that I'd have to sort out the technical side of how to successfully conduct a podcast with someone else, especially since this show does have a visual component on YouTube, as meager as it might be. So cue a montage here of me researching and attempting various technical approaches, from multiple cameras and mics to online subscription services that claim to make it all super easy. In the end, of course, I just decided to try something that was as simple as possible and just use Zoom, truly the lowest common denominator. And then I went through a period of beta testing that with the video and audio software I'm already using and eventually cobbled together a primitive and cumbersome workflow that nevertheless resulted in an actual recorded conversation with audio and video that would be somewhat intelligible. So you might ask, am I systematically going back on everything I claimed in episode 50 that I wouldn't do? I mean, I already went back on some of it, as some of you may know, and I'm now talking about doing an interview, but I don't think that's really the case. An occasional conversation with someone else doesn't make this an interview podcast. Uh, think of bringing someone in as an experiment or possibly as a way to intermittently spice things up. Or maybe this is just the exception that proves the rule. And that's how I justified it to myself, at least. It's kind of a way to breathe some new life into the show, keep it fresh for me, maybe for the listeners, and you know, maybe learn something myself instead of just using the show to lecture others. So Thus emboldened, it just came down to picking a subject and a person. And when I looked around, the answer was pretty obvious. I realized it would be safest in some ways to keep it in the family. As it turns out, I have a couple of kids and one's off at school, but the other still lives here and for reasons I still don't understand, enjoys listening to music from the 90s. And in particular, I know he's a fan of the indie rock band Weezer, because he and my wife happened to catch Weezer live last year, and he still wears the tour shirt every chance he gets. Even more specifically, I know he's a big fan of their self-titled first album, which is commonly known as the Blue Album, which came out in 1994. How do I know this? Well, there are several ways. 
For one, he carved the album cover into his jack-o'-lantern last Halloween, which you can see here if you're on YouTube. And for another, his Christmas present from his older brother this year was a t-shirt with a big print of the album cover, which of course is very thoughtful. And it's a shirt he wears with pride, frequently and without irony. Clearly, he loves this band enough to entirely preclude even basic fashion sense. So you might ask, what is my own relationship with Weezer? Well, I don't really have one, which is why I'm not going to tackle this myself. But I do recognize and respect that they were an immensely popular alternative rock band in the 90s, and it seems they're still immensely popular with the kids. I do remember seeing them on MTV way back in the day, but strangely, it wasn't the sweater song, it wasn't Buddy Holly, but it was Say It Ain't So. And the song, it didn't make me a fan at the time, but I did remember it as a pretty tight and cool pop song. And I vaguely remembered that Weezer weren't a grunge band, yet they managed to make a career of writing these cool pop songs in the wake of grunge. And I also remembered their cover of Toto's Africa from a few years back and the fact that the video featured Weird Al Yankovic. And that, more than anything, proved to me that this was a band who knew what was up. They knew how to wield a pop culture reference to prove their indie and outsider cred. And most importantly, they had a decent sense of humor. They weren't taking themselves and their career too seriously. And all of this was capped off last year when I went through a Conan O'Brien phase listening to his podcast, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, and I happened to come across his interview with Weezer frontman Rivers Cuomo. It was interesting to get a little more insight into this band, who they were, and why they were still compelled to do this rock thing after 30 years. And it was especially interesting to me that my kid and his Gen Z friends find something compelling about this old band. And I think it's a genuine love. It's not out of irony or a sense of just being retro cool. So it seemed to make sense. I'd interview my younger son about Weezer, try to understand why this guy, who's 35 years younger than I am, is into a band that's as old as his parents. However, I'm hoping this will be less of an interview and more of a conversation. So without further ado, let's get that conversation started. Uh, here we go. Uh, so welcome. And first of all, I want to say thanks for agreeing to do this. And for the record, can you please tell everyone that I didn't threaten you into this in any way? He threatened me into this. <laughs> not, not really. Um, Lightly. There you go. Uh, I, I can see you're a, a chip off the old block with your background there. I think that's very nice. And I like, well, your... I learned from the best. <laughs> And I like your uh, Rivers Cuomo Funko Pop. I think it's uh, very on point for this conversation. So, yeah, I'm just sorry your shirt was not available because I oh, did talk. Which I did one? The <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the Blue Album shirt, which I did talk up a bit in the intro. So people would be terribly disappointed, but that's okay. Oh, and we can always do well, a later episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Part two. Part two for the sure. deluxe version <laughs> just for subscribers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Patreons patrons. Sure. <laughs> so let's get, let's get just a little bit of background on your perspective before we jump into Weezer. So I know you're prepared to talk a little bit about your, your music fandom in general. So like what kind of music do you listen to? Do you want to name some bands? Um, well, usually my music taste is bad. So usually it's kind of like 2000s kind of Paramore, Arctic Monkeys. I also like Foo Fighters and Fall Out Boy. Those have been recent ones. Nice. And especially lately, the past few days, I've been listening to Ghost. So you ah, taught me well. There we go. I'm so proud. But I, I foresee maybe some potential future episodes there. We could talk more Ooh. about some of those bands. I'm sure all your industrial electronic alternative podcast youtube fans are really excited to talk about <laughs> i don't know the arctic monkeys they might be they're very they're a very open-minded bunch so you never know yeah that could so, be your niche <laughs> could be so uh how do you how do you prefer to listen to music i am part of the problem because i use spotify ah uh, okay uh, so that's a big problem but it's it? also convenient. Okay. And it lets you uh, 
jump around a lot to anything that might catch your fancy, huh? Yeah. Okay. You think you're getting your money's worth or actually, are you getting my money's worth out of Spotify? Oh, I'm very much getting your money's worth. I was okay. in the top 4% last year Oh, on okay. my rap of listeners. Okay. And I think I listened for about 38 straight days. <laughs> Without eating or sleeping. That's pretty good. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, how do you and your friends discover music and bands these days? Because back in my day, a hundred thousand years ago, it was all mostly word of mouth or like I'd have to actually go to the store and be interested in a record or a tape or something and pony up 10 bucks for it. And I might not even like it. So I'm curious how you find new music these days. Well, there's a few answers to this question. The most mm. boring one is that Spotify, if you have it, will pick out music that's similar to the stuff that you already listen to. Uh, the that's algorithm. the boring answer. Right. The fun answers are you can go out and just hear it and then look it up like, you know, what you'd expect. Mm. Or, you know, I like I have a friend that sent me their playlist and I've been listening to that and finding some good songs on there. Oh, okay. So you share music that way. Okay. Yeah. Makes it easy to make a playlist and just a bunch of songs that you like and send it over to someone else. Nice. All right. So all your friends have Spotify too? Like that's just what everybody's using? Yeah, I'd say 99% of them do. Wow. Okay. When did you first become aware of Weezer? Well, I've known of them for a long time, mm -hmm. but they're just kind of one of those bands that I've known of, but I only started listening to them about a year and a half ago or two years ago. Okay. Um, it's kind of a horrible story that I hate, but I was watching this video on YouTube and there is, and his outro, the guy, it was a song and I, it was, he covered it and I thought, Oh, that's a, that's a cool song. I wonder, did he write that or something? So I did some research and it turns out he made a cover of a song. The only downside was that it was Weezer. And then so I started listening to that song, which mm -hmm. was The Good Life off of Pinkerton and remains one of my favorites. Ah, and then okay. I slowly branched out to Blue and then the rest of them. And then I went to see them live. Okay. So you were, you were intrigued enough by uh, the first couple songs you heard. You wanted to learn more about the band. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't really listen to that much music before Weezer, so oh. it was kind of like my first big band I listened to. Oh, okay. Which is kind of sad, but also kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, so how do you think they compare to like some of the other bands that you listed that you're listening to? Are you, are you attracted to a certain genre of music, or how does, how does Weezer fit into your, your overall... Uh, the kind of music that you're looking for? Well, that's a good question. Cause I feel like I like music that's more, I guess that's like poppier. Like I don't like, I don't know, just a bunch of screaming, but if it's like mm -hmm. catchy and good, then I usually like it. Okay. I like good music. That's what this boils down to. Okay. And this I is did a lot of preparation for this episode. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. So, I think that the biggest burning question I have is what is it about this band and, and this album that we're going to talk about in particular that draws you in despite them being so old? I mean, they're my age. I don't know. I think they just like sound good and they did mm -hmm. a lot of cool stuff. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Like at the end of the day, nothing like, even though it's been almost 30 years to the day, Say It Ain't So is still a good song. And just yeah. like Buddy Holly, even yeah. if I've never seen an episode of Happy Days. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to check that out. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Some homework <laughs> for the episode. Some some binging in our future here. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I like Weezer in the sense that uh, I like bands that... I, I also like pop music, obviously. Uh, maybe pop music with a bit more of an edge in some cases, but... Um, in my mind, Weezer is a good example of like a power pop band, you know, they have, they do have an edge, but it, it really is that pop music, like verse, chorus, verse kind of traditional structure 
that they play yeah. around in. And um, there's so much you could do with that structure, just like with blues music often has, you know, a very similar structure to all of other blues music. Yet there's a lot of expression and variation within that theme. And I think uh, Weezer is a good example of that for like, you know, power pop or indie rock or pop rock or whatever you want to call it, or maybe even emo. I don't know. Are you into any bands that are very new, like like just up and coming bands? Not really. All of the music I listen to is kind of established. Okay. The only band that's like small that I have started listening to was part of the playlist that was sent me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Calabrese, and I'm looking right now, and I haven't really listened to them that much. Okay. They've been around for a long time, but. Spotify only says they have about 75,000 monthly listeners and only 75,000. But Mm -hmm. in terms of Spotify, that's not that many. Okay. So you're looking for some more emerging music too. That's cool. If it sounds good, I'll listen to it. It doesn't really matter how many people. Yeah, it's a good attitude. All right. So let's uh, start talking about Weezer a little bit. And the first question I have is like, what's with the name? Is there some meaning to this name? Oh, there is lots of meaning. So when Rivers Cuomo, which is this guy who's the singer ah, of him. Weezer, gotcha. he's the front man. Right. When he was a young boy, uh, his father would, he had asthma, right? So he would be coughing and stuff. Ah, and okay. so his father used to joke and call him the Weezer, right? And that's his nickname, Weezer. Oh, okay. And he never spelled it, his dad, he never spelled it with an H like you would expect or like anything like that. Mm-hmm. So then when they were looking for a band name, I think they just said Weezer and then it stuck. That's pretty good. It's a, it's a pretty you... funny story, I think at least. Yeah, that is interesting that it's it was actually his nickname at one point in time. So Rivers Cuomo plays lead guitar and obviously does vocals. And uh, Patrick Wilson plays drums, right? And yep. Brian, Brian Bell is on rhythm guitar and background vocals. And then for this original incarnation of the band, there was a guy on bass who's not in the band anymore, right? And Yes, he quit after their second album his name was matt sharp okay and he did bass and also did some backup vocals along with brian okay um of course what you are forgetting is that there was also jason cropper who was the guitarist before brian bell but he got fired and kicked out for a few reasons i see i don't really know much about okay but he has played with rivers and like unofficial kind of smaller concerts or gigs or whatever you want to call it. So, Oh, okay. I think they're all good now, but just when it was forming, it was just, I don't know, a sense of tension. Yeah. Yeah. That certainly can happen. I'm sure. Uh, And all of his parts were then later redone by rivers in the actual recordings. hmm. But I do know that he wrote the opening riff part to the first track my name is jonas oh really okay i think so i learned that on the internet and i didn't fact check it so it must be true there you go if only there were some way we could really uh figure that one out but hopefully you got a writing credit for that that's pretty cool mm-hmm. the one funny story that we talked about last year that when when i heard about it um about rivers cuomo was the story about how he once enrolled in Harvard to study music composition and he was in the class the whole semester or year and no one really knew who he was until they were like almost literally the last class. And then they finally figured out, Hey, there's this famous guy in my class. Actually, that also has something to do with blue because I know you gave me this paper and it has the cheaty background of what we're talking about, but I did not. (laughs) Oh, you're right. I made that up. Okay, um, but when Blue Al- the Blue Album was released, it did really well. But mm-hmm. then it also catapulted them into fame like immediately, and he just wasn't ready for that. Okay. So that's why he went to Harvard. He was like done. Oh, okay. So he just went back to study, or not went back, but he went there just to as a change to see what would happen. Really, 
I, there's a funny interview, I think, where he was asked this question and he was like, yeah. And we were all talking about like, oh, what are you doing over the summer? Oh, I'm doing blah, blah, blah. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And then he was asked and he's like, um, I think I'm going on tour. <laughs> and then people were confused. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm Weezer. And then the minds were blown. That's just a great story. I love that. He was like completely unrecognizable for like a couple of factors from his face on the artwork. Yeah, well, he does. He does seem to change his appearance quite a bit. So, yeah, I can see yeah. that he, he kind of flies under the radar that way. OK, well, let's uh, let's talk about the Blue Album specifically. And I'll note that it's their first album released in 1994, which NASA assures me is now 30 years ago. The artwork, of course, is practically a meme at this point. So is oh, there yes. is there a story about the artwork or is there any sort of reason why they chose the artwork that they did? And I'll have to maybe superimpose the artwork here at this point in the video because I don't actually own neither of us owns this in any physical format. So but what what's the well, story? Well, I with have the artwork? it in a shirt. You do, but it's just sure. unavailable. At it this is unavailable. Because I wear it too often. That's right. We we don't want to pull that out right now. So, <laughs> so what's up with the artwork? Well, um, I think it just comes out of wanting Rivers wanting it to be simplistic. And okay, there's a friend of the band who does some stuff with them, but is isn't a member, but like he helps out a lot. Carl mm -hmm. Koch. Okay, and I think. He, Correct me if actually, I don't think you would know this, so you can't correct me, but I'm pretty sure he's the one that made it. And every time he made something, he would send it to Rivers and he would want it to be more simple until oh. eventually he just lined all of them up against a blue background. Okay. And there's been some comparisons drawn to, I think, a Beach Boys album. Okay. But I think that's just a coincidence. Okay. You didn't investigate which Beach Boys album it might be. I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> well, I think uh, your brother would appreciate this because he's a fan of very minimalistic, clean design. So maybe he himself likes the Weezer album cover. We'll have to ask him. You better. Are yeah, you I can't find it. It might not be the Beach Boys, but okay. it's something. All right. No problem. So... Uh, one thing that I noticed about this album that jumped out at me was the producer. Do you know who produced who produced this album? It was Rick Rubin, wasn't it? Right? No, but his or name not, his no, name was Rick. Rick Rico Kasich. Yes. Okay. Rick Rubin produced other different albums that they made. Oh, did he? Okay, I didn't know that. Yes. At least one, I think. He certainly produced a lot of awesome albums over the years, but okay, that's yeah. interesting. So what do you know about Rico Kasich? Um, well, I know that he produced the Blue Album. Oh, well, that's good. That's a good place to start. I don't know much else. Okay, well, Rico Kasich uh, was one of the guys who was in a band called The Cars. Do you remember hearing any music by The Cars? Um, I remember Lightning McQueen. That's pretty close. Uh, I used to play some Cars tunes for you guys when we would drive around like many years ago. Oh, in so, the car. In the car, ironically enough. But like there were songs like You Might Think and Magic and Drive and My Best Friend's Girl and Shake It Up. Do, do any of those ring a bell? The Cars wrote a song that you played in the car called yes. Drive. That's three levels deep. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? You're right. Yeah. I don't yeah. recognize these names, but I'm sure okay. if you played them, I would know. You, you probably would recognize them, but I'll I'll have to learn you about some cars because they're just a fantastic band. And um, yeah, they've been around forever. So Rick Ocasek was already like a big star in the 80s because of his association with that band. And also the fact that he married Polina Porizkova, who was a uh, supermodel, and he gave hope to all gangly gawky guys everywhere that someday maybe they could marry a supermodel too oh, like so, you thanks a lot yes so yeah i also wanted to ask you if you uh knew who inducted the cars into the rock and roll hall of fame rivers cuomo no good guess but it was actually brandon flowers of the killers Ooh, 
Yeah. That's another band I like. So so I think you need to, since Brandon Flowers likes the Cars, I think you owe it to him to check out the Cars sometime. I think maybe I have to now. Okay, you have to. My other guess was going to be Weird Al, but I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're going to talk more about Weird Al here in a When's bit. When's the Weird Al episode coming out? That's a really good Fans question. That is a really good question. Man, I don't know. Jeez. All right. See, I, I bring on my first guest. He's immediately busting my chops about this stuff. Um, well, if he made one already, then I wouldn't be. <laughs> good point. Good point. All right. So let's let's go down through the tracks on the Blue Album here. As you know, I uh, I did listen to it over the last week or so to you make sure I... One listen behind I got a good one. This is why I had to bring you in because I'm not prepared to talk deeply about this record. I knew you would be though, judging well, from your name. My top artist in 2023. Exactly. I was the top 0.005% of Weezer listeners. <laughs> there you go. That's why you're sitting on this show right now talking about them. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> under like 30 people probably. Probably. All right. So the first track is called My Name is Jonas. And I want to know who's Jonas? Um, so this is a fun question because I don't know. Oh, I've never known why his name is Jonas because it's not. His name is Rivers. That's true. Um, side tangent, Rivers Cuomo is not a stage name. His legal name, his mom held on to him for so many months while being pregnant. Mm -hmm. He was born. She held him in her arms and went, ah, yes, Rivers Cuomo, wow. which I think is funny. Okay. Um, That's interesting. I, so, maybe we should have named you Rivers. That would have been cool. Uh, please don't. Uh, so I, I have no idea who Jonas is. No clue. Okay. I did think this song had some really nice acoustic guitar on it, though. Um, yeah, and it was pretty clear that these guys had a lot of skill and I don't know what this song is about. I kind of got vibes of, you know, growing up, choosing a path in life. You know, do you want to have a safe, predictable kind of life or a crazy life where you sort of gamble at all? I don't know. That's kind of what I got from it. Is that what you get from it? Yeah, it's kind of like growing up and looking back mm -hmm. and like um, thinking about, I guess, life and also a part about his brother. Um, yes. Yeah. That's, he's, that's also in it. So I guess it's like family and looking back. Right. But not his family because he's not Jonas, some other guy's yeah, family. No. Okay. Okay. Well, that was a good song. Anything else about that song that jumps out at you? I can't think of anything aside the obvious. His name is not Jonas. Yeah. I think it's a good, strong opener for the album, though. It kind of gives you a, a very good idea of what's coming up. Yeah. It was also uh, the first song they played at the concert the indie rock road trip oh yes which we're going to get to we're going to talk more about your concert experience it's the first song on their first album so they played it as uh, the first song the is it always their opener at every single show i don't know i imagine probably not okay but i thought it was nice yeah that is nice that's cool so the second song is called no one else i thought this was a pretty cool song one thing that struck me about it is it's just got the chugging guitar going through the whole song. So it's not like one of those songs that's quiet, loud, quiet, loud. It was more like just beating you over the head with a guitar for three and a half minutes. Yeah. And this one has pretty silly lyrics. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, mostly it's about just it's hard to defend this one because it really just sounds like him being abusive or not abusive, but like controlling. Yes. But, don't worry, it's Weezer. No one who listens to Weezer has a girlfriend anyways. <laughs> yeah, I definitely got like creepy sort of controlling vibes from this song. But yeah. But on the other hand, it's such an upbeat and kind of happy, energetic song. So it's sort of a, yeah. a strange uh, mixing of the two. <laughs> and don't worry, because segue in the next song, the world has turned and left me here. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's about that same guy after his girlfriend leaves him. Yes, I would agree. It sounds like a that's his comeuppance. <laughs> yes, indeed. This is this is the the uh, breakup song on the album that you you can really wallow in if you want to. Yeah, 
But this um, song does have cool vocal harmonies on it, though, too. They, they're really uh, good with that stuff. It does. I like the earlier albums, Blue and Pinkerton, because they've got the Matt Sharp vocals. So uh-huh. whenever you're listening to them and you hear that really high-pitched, squeaky voice. Yes. Like squealing, that's Matt Sharp. Okay. So does the newer bassist do vocal harmonies also? You know, I think I want to say yeah, but he doesn't do them like Matt Sharp did. Okay. Yeah, that falsetto is kind of hard to hit. If he does, it's mostly Brian, I think. Okay. Or just different recordings of Rivers singing with himself. Ah, gotcha. So track four is the big one, isn't it? It is. Yeah, track four is Buddy Holly, of course. And what's really funny about this song to me is that I didn't know anything at all about this song until you started listening to this band. And I somehow missed this song being on the CD-ROM for Windows 95, maybe because I didn't own a computer in 1995, so I didn't have that CD. Uh, But yeah, I didn't even know that they had a song called Buddy Holly until you brought it up one day. Mm -hmm. Do you know who Buddy Holly was? Yeah, he was the singer, and he has the glasses. Yes. Then he died in the plane crash, and then yes, Queen wrote American Pie. <laughs> there, you know everything there is to know about Buddy Holly. All the important <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, uh, your grandfather, I'm sure, could go on for quite some time wow. about Buddy Holly. So we'll have to ask him uh, the next time we see him. What about Mary Tyler Moore? Do you know who she was? uh she an actor i don't know yeah yeah she was an actor oh, yeah. she, see i knew that she she had a tv show and you'll never believe this but the name of the show was the mary tyler moore show how'd they come up with that one yeah it's a it's a head scratcher but yeah i actually don't know too much about her because i never watched that show that was like a little bit before my time uh, believe well, don't it or worry, because it was before my time too yeah there you go what do you think about this song, though? The video is, I think the video is pretty amazingly done, I have to say, because it was all new to me. Like, I know most people have been bored with this video now for 30 years, but I just saw it for the first time about six months ago, and I was like, wow, it's actually really well done. Yeah, this is one of their hits, I mean. so Of course, like, yeah. Riff towards the end before the last chorus is <laughs> one of the most, like, edited and joked about pieces of the album if okay. not the most, apart from just the cover itself so yes and, and, and a big part in weezer being like current now i feel like really just that little bit in this song i would say so because like all of the memes that you see about the cover and stuff they all are hooked up to that part wow okay i didn't realize that was such a important piece of this album yeah at least that's what it seems like to me okay well it also I, I, opens with the unforgettable line what's with these homies dissing my girl that's right which kind of you know that's the entire point of the whole song right that it's a song that that he's basically sticking up for his girl a friend who's a little bit different right yeah that's i think a good message mm-hmm And that he doesn't care what they say about them anyways. He doesn't care about that. There you go, right? Did you have anything else to say about that? No, I think that's it. Okay. It's a good song. It is a good song. That takes us to another uh, very popular song of theirs, which is Undone, the sweater song. And Mm -hmm. I I heard that this was actually the first Weezer song that Rivers wrote. Is that true? I don't know. It very well could be. I mean, I too read this on the internet, which never tells a lie. So I'm pretty sure it's true. I do, no, or at least I'm pretty sure that he wrote this and then just accidentally made it sound like another song that was around yes. that he listened to. But I think that was an accident and right. I can't for the life of me remember which song it was. Yeah, I actually know the answer to this. Uh, the riff almost exactly matches the riff in Metallica's Sanitarium. Yeah, that. Which just proves that Weezer has an unconscious metal bias to all of their music. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, the reason that Rivers Cuomo flew to California to start Weezer, you didn't want to start Weezer originally. You wanted to start Zoom. I think like, so. Like uh, we're using which, right now? That would yeah, have been it's really a, convenient. That would have been a great commercial Zoom, move. And I think it was going to be like a metal band. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't know much about this. I might be just lying completely. I would never know. But yeah, you should trust me without any hesitation. <laughs> I'm a yeah. stranger on the internet. <laughs> you are, yes. Uh, Except for your friends that watch this show. Hello. Yes, that they know your secret identity. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, Rivers also said that he was going for a, a riff that was going to sound like the Velvet Underground which is another band you can get into someday. But it ended up uh, just pretty much being Metallica's riff. And one wonders if Metallica based their riff off the Velvet Underground. I don't know. I think they based theirs off of Weezer. <laughs> that would make sense. So this song has a bunch of strange monologues in it, which I didn't quite understand, but uh, it sounded pretty strange. It's meant to be like at a party, like you're only hearing snippets of the conversation, I think. Oh, okay. That's what it is. So it's talking about like, oh, can I get a ride? And oh, I'm so glad we're all back together. Isn't uh -huh. it great? Uh huh. Stuff like that. Is it like some kind of uh, saying that in an ironic way? Like not not a very sincere way. Um. Well, the guy that's talking is really excited, and then there's another voice responding. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's great, man. Wow, less, less excited. Yeah, it sounds like a." Also, the music video has a bunch of dogs in it. So if you're a dog lover, you should watch the video. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know there was a video for that. I'll have to check it out. There's one for Buddy Holly, Undone, and Say It Ain't So. Okay, which I do. I am familiar with that video, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm -hmm. I, did, I did think that a sweater unraveling was a pretty good emo metaphor for many things, right? Mm -hmm. Sweater unraveling, you know messing up your life or things going wrong your sweaters unraveling mm -hmm. so this is very clever like that <laughs> that's right so next up was surf wax america like so tell me everything you know about surfing go all right so that's everything i know about surfing <laughs> yeah so this this sounded kind of like a song about surfing on the surface but i was pretty confused because there was all this stuff about the undertow strengthening its hold and now I can never go home. And it made me think maybe something unfortunate happened in this song that I don't know. Uh, I, I can't really figure it out. What do you think? I'll be honest. This one I kind of don't pay as much attention to as the other ones. Oh, okay. So I don't know. I've never really analyzed the lyrics to this. Oh, one. man. I thought or, we like, were going to die. We were going to dive deep into Surf Wax America. Surf Wax America specifically. I, mean, I, hinged I do know that it was, you know, Beach Boys and like inspired by them. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. All those times that we were playing Surf in USA in the car. Uh-huh. Beach, we could have been playing Surf Wax America by Weezer. Well, now you know what we're going to do this summer when we go to the beach. We're just going to play Surf Wax America on loop. The other thing I liked about this song is that it had a fake ending because I kind of like songs that have a fake ending. It does. You think it's over, but no, it's not over. Here it comes again. Surf Wax ending. America never ends, except <laughs> when it does. <laughs> yeah, that's what we like about it. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to the, the track that uh, we're all here to talk about. This is why the highlight we, of the album. This is why we wanted to have this podcast episode in the first place because it's say it ain't so in general right it's all been leading up to this moment <laughs> yes that's right 50 plus episodes leading up to say it ain't so by weezer truly the greatest song of our generation except in it's not my generation <laughs> the weird thing is i do actually remember this song when it came out so uh back in 94 i was still watching mtv it was a thing that had uh, actual music videos on it and not just uh, crappy ads and reality TV. No, I, I just remember this video because it, it stuck out to me because the song is, uh, it's a good song. It has a lot of like dynamics. There's the verses are kind of quiet and the, the choruses just kind of just punch you in the head. They're really powerful mm -hmm. and it, it definitely caught my attention. And I like the video because it was so, it was so low budget. It was just them playing the song and they have like uh, bed sheets hanging up, you know, yeah. so 
they yeah, also they're... play hacky sack do they play ha- i must have missed the hacky and sack i think but... matt sharp is wearing a stormtrooper t-shirt really oh it just gets I better say and better that's true it gets i think someone is <laughs> they should be if they're not um, this was one of the songs that i listened to a lot before i got spotify so i was watching it on youtube okay so i saw the music video a lot okay so yeah. i can remember things like this that's good yeah i'm gonna have to go back and i did watch the video again last week to prep for this episode but i, I think i'm gonna have to go back and study it some more and mm-hmm. you know listen to the song another dozen times because it's so good it's a good song yeah so the next song is in the garage um and i i you know what i'm gonna say here i have to say that right off the top this song sold me because it mentioned the dungeon master's guide and a 12-sided die oh yes yes <laughs> do they your adoring fans know about your dice well i did reveal some dice in the previous episode so i think that's that's emerging here we're revealing yeah. that slowly this is a fun little snippet into our lives for the audience that's um, true it is i'm not i'm not going to be able to go to college anymore because mr stronger than reason over here spent all of the college savings on d20s and dice it's just like an ocean of dice and like you have to swim through it if you want to hey i have to live my life you know i can't let things like kids in their future keep me from living my life you know so don't make don't make me feel bad about myself yeah it's becoming an issue So they also uh, mentioned Kitty Pride and Nightcrawler. Do you know who they are? No. Oh, okay. But so they're they were uh, from the X Men in the old, course. like especially like the old comic books. So when I was maybe a little bit younger than you, I still collected X Men comic books, and somewhere deep in our archives, uh, all of those comic books are still in there, and they were characters in the X Men. So immediately, like Rivers Cuomo, I feel like he's talking specifically about me in this song and i've only gotten through like the first four or five lines of the song yeah you're think, all a bunch of nerds yeah exactly yeah playing dnd and listening to weezer that's right that's right you know and and i think this song speaks to all the outsiders who think we're really creative but really you know no one cares about anything we do but underneath it all we find comfort in that so we can still be weird and stuff and not worry about a lot of people finding out about it that's what this song means to me yeah i think you really hit it there i mean it's not a it's not really a song that you have to think about too hard it's kind of you know staying safe and doing things that you enjoy like not really you know yeah i don't really i don't care about that like buddy holly just forgetting what other people say there you go there's a trend eating your candy with your pork and beans (laughs) <laughs> that's another Weezer joke, but that's from the Red Album. Oh, you're you're getting ahead of our of us here. That's going to be yeah. a future episode. So, oh, don't say it so confidently. <laughs> we'll see how this one performs. That's right. That's right. It's like a big I want budget, a thousand views in a week. That's it. Anything other than that, folks, he's not going to ever do another one. So, yeah, this is your last chance. <laughs> so, smash that like button and hit the subscribe button. Ring the bell. <laughs> ring the bell till uh, he's making me say this it's on the piece of paper no no he's he's lying all right that one so, was a lie <laughs> holiday uh nice vocal harmonies uh calls out jack kerouac's on the road which i thought was cool um you should read that book we have that book uh, and strangely it's not in your room it's downstairs I'm shocked i was about to say <laughs> another yeah. snippet into our lives i That's have right. he, he keeps all of his books in my room my bedroom so i have to sleep with an entire wall taken up by just floating shelves full of books it's not fair to to ask me to get rid of all my stuff just burn them just because i had some kids i mean burn them burn them the last track on the album is called only in dreams and i have to say i got worried when i queued it up and saw it was over eight minutes yeah it's a long one yeah and there was a nice breakdown you know towards the end it breaks way Mm -hmm. down and then it builds up again and has a really big ending yeah which is a cool song i thought it was a nice album closer yeah it's a good one do they do this as an encore when you saw the show 
Did they play the song? Not. Oh, that would have been great. I forget the exact playlist or the set list that they did, but they did close with Buddy Holly. Oh, that was it. Okay. That was their closer. Yeah. Okay. Well, and and I should point out, I want to point out that you played a clip of video for me that you took when you were watching them play Buddy Holly. And it was that tiny little bit at the end where they play the five or six notes and then crash back into the song. And uh, someone you were with was just completely screaming at that point, huh? Yeah, that was not me. Not you. It wasn't mom, I'm pretty sure. It was someone else. Well, you don't know that. (laughs) It might have been mom. But everybody went nuts at that point of the song, which was really cool. The crowd went wild for the Buddy Holly riff. (laughs) I never knew. See, I didn't realize the importance of that when you showed me that clip the first time. But now I know. Okay. Yeah, it's how you summarize Weezer. That's it. So that's the whole album. So how was the Blue Album received? Like what happened next? What was the immediate aftermath? Well, they were very successful. And like, I don't have like a Wikipedia article or something in front of me, so I can't give exact stuff. Sure. But I do know that it blew up like really quickly. Mm -hmm. A lot of people like really liked it. And so it was kind of a shock to everyone in the band because no one was expecting it on like their very first album and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that, like I said, kind of sent rivers and uh, like sad depression. Uh Oh, I should go to Harvard mode. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, we've all been there having a crisis when in your twenties and going to Harvard to study classical composition. Well, sure. It's understandable. Yeah. So what, so, what pulled him back to the band then? I'm curious. Well, he was already right. He w- didn't really stop writing. Mm-hmm. It's just that his writing took a really drastic turn. And so that's why their next album, Pinkerton, I think was self-produced. And it was a lot more of a rough sound okay. and kind of scratchy, just really rough in comparison to this clean studio recorded album. So he had some and stuff was, to get off his chest, maybe. Yeah, it was really personal, and he just wrote it to like get through a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately, everyone hated it when it was released. Oh, and so then that kind of worsened him mm-hmm. until he got back with the Green album, which is kind of a return to form, but is boring now. It's boring. That, you that's think? what got them back was kind of the Green album. Mm. Um, but then now, of course, Pinkerton is a legendary album. And, Uh Everyone agrees it's one of their best, if not their best, but I think their best is the White Album. Don't kill me or dox me, please. Okay. (laughs) Wow. But did you say the Green Album was boring? Yeah. Well, after the release of Pinkerton in 96, they kind of just fell silent until 2001. Mm-hmm. just because the response was like that harsh and like no one was really sure if Weezer was going to exist. Um, but then they kind of decided to keep going and their way to their comeback was the green album. But the way that they came back was kind of just now it's considered like boring and a poppy. And it does sound like the blue album, but also it's just kind of uninspired. I feel like, I don't know. I don't listen to that one as much, but it does have some hits. Like I think Island in the sun became a TikTok thing. And now it's their most played on Spotify ever. And currently stands at the time of recording at 713,006,873 plays. Wow. Which amazing. is about double of Buddy Holly. Jeez. That's impressive yeah. for, you know, any musician, the, those yeah. numbers. So talk about seeing them live. Like you went into that show you know did you did you have expectations for it and were they met yeah i went in there thinking it was going to be a good show and now i've never been to a concert really except for like when you would take me to ones that you were going to and like mm-hmm. i guess smaller ones so this was my first concert experience and i was expecting a good show but i don't know maybe it was just because of like the people that i went with or mm-hmm. just because it was the first time but it was like a really fun night and like one of the best ones, if not the best, like in terms of fun I've had in my life. 
wow. just going out there and driving a good few hours to meet up with some friends and just watch this band that like I've been listening to for like a year up to this point and it's been like nonstop and uh -huh. it's become like this huge thing in our friend group. And yeah. Like, That's yeah. awesome. And just yeah. getting to see them in person in the flesh and it's all <laughs> live. And then rivers said that he's basically all of our dads, um, which was a bit strange, but I give him a pass and then yeah. he played the riff and the crowd went wild. <laughs> Well, there, there. As as far as music fandom goes, there's really nothing better than getting really, really into a band and then going to see them live, like yeah. right, right when you're really into them. Like it really doesn't get much better than that, short of maybe, you know, meeting the band or something like that. But that's great that you had a chance to see them right, right then. But I understand that the Blue Album turns thirty this year on May tenth. So that's true. It does. And I heard that they're going to be touring again. Do you think you'd be up for seeing them again? Maybe. Maybe. It depends what my friends are doing. They are mm -hmm. teasing something and I don't know what. Okay. It might be another tour. It probably okay. is. I thought I saw details about another tour. So maybe, I don't know. You have to get out there and poke around a bit more. Maybe they are touring the summer with, the Smashing Pumpkins in the British Isles. Oh, okay. So that's its own thing. That's fun. We all know about that. Okay. But lately they've been teasing, like, are you prepared for the voyage? And like a picture of four people's feet, I guess, lined up. Uh-huh. And they posted a picture with the Weezer font and it's black on the hex code Uh huh. for the Blue Album. And it says the voyage takes flight and then a date. So they're doing something with blue. Okay. But no one really knows what. Interesting. We'll have to keep an eye out for that. And who knows, maybe we'll we'll work it into our summer if there's something going on. Ooh, that would be fun. Don't worry, I put my email into the mysterious link that they posted. So Oh, okay. Well nothing bad could come from that. So no, that's good. No, I I trust Rivers with my full heart. <laughs> there you go. Email address. I, yeah, you have his Funko Pop, so he knows you're one of the I good do, ones. I do, I so. do. All right, so uh, I guess that's it with the album. Anything else you want to say about it? Um, I guess I know it's Weezer, but like, give it a chance. Mm -hmm. It worked for me. <laughs> wow. Wow, and we could have no better recommendation than that. So I know your friends have been trying to find this podcast, so do you think you'll tell them about it now that you've been a guest? Um, No. <laughs> not the name of it they okay. had their chance they had their chance okay it's gonna be embarrassing if they find this hi guys please don't clip this and put <laughs> it everywhere i'll cry yeah just say no to cyberbullying people come on yeah all right well uh thanks for participating i know i for one learned a lot so oh, of, of course yes i appreciate it and thanks to our listeners for being patient while I systematically break every promise I've ever made about this show. Uh, what can I say? I'm a crazy person. So I have to say this uh, legally, uh, so hold your ears. You're listening to Stronger Than Reason either on YouTube or as an Apple or Spotify podcast. And you want to go ahead and close us out? I would love to. So as always, thank you for listening. And until next time, stay strong. <laughs>